0: about interview preparation and common errors people make. Mm -hmm. Carrie Lynn Hotson, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thanks. It's nice to be here.
0: It is a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from Ontario. I am south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we are going to be talking about interview preparation and common errors that people make and how to avoid them. And I would love to look at this from both sides, really. Um, You know, from the HR perspective, I'm always thinking about uh, interviewers and what they can say and can't say, what they can do and shouldn't do ever. And that's the types of mistakes that they make. So there's the mistakes... And errors on the interviewer side, there's also the mistakes on the interviewee side. Really, we want to have both be as successful as possible uh, so that we can find good matches, right? And, and uh, that's that's the challenge that I think every organization faces. So that's what we're going to be discussing today. As we get started, I just wanted to share Carrie Lynn's bio with everybody. Carrie Lynn holds a Bachelor of Arts and Honors from Carleton University in Criminology and has a post- graduate certificate in human resource management. She has worked for 25 years as a coach, leader, facilitator, and HR senior manager. Six years ago, she started a business entitled Job Interview Coach based entirely on her desire to help people better understand the interview process and develop a confidence to rock their next interview. Carrie Lynn is also an aspiring author. Her nonfiction business guide illustrates the importance of organizations to uncover the underlying needs, interests, and issues facing their employees. The book provides leaders with strategic tools, assessments, and practices they can utilize in knowing who you lead and it will be available to readers this summer. Carolyn, a pleasure to have you. Anything else you would like to share with me and my listeners before we dive on into the conversation?
1: Uh, huge shout out to all those HR staff listening in because I come from HR. It is an incredibly tough position to be in. I know how hard you work. And yeah, I want to help you both hire the right people and also add some skills to your interviews themselves to make sure that you're getting the assets that you need.
0: Yeah, excellent. Well said, well said. Okay, so as we get started, I, uh, first I have to just say, this is just like a little previous life moment, but I know your degree in criminology. Uh, mm-hmm. My PhD is in sociology, and for about three years while I was going through my PhD program, you know they, they assign you to teach different classes, and I taught criminology for three years um, in another life, Um, This was years and years ago, but it was so much fun. I loved teaching that class, even though it has nothing to do with anything else I've ever done in my life. (laughs) So we have that kind of random connecting point. And obviously, you've gone a completely different path than your original uh, criminology education, it seems. Um, But there's uh, great connection points and tie over, I think, to the HR space. So that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, actually, I um, had a kind of an interesting path. So my degree was in law and psychology and then I specialized in criminology and I actually went into policing for 17 years. So I supervised within policing and was a police officer. And then I learned a ton of skills there that I transferred over into HR because it's always dealing with people. It's just different aspects.
0: Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Wonderful. Okay. so let's talk then now about interviewing. Interview mm-hmm. preparation and the common errors that people make. And let's start on the organizational side. The uh, the interviewer, what types of preparation should we be doing, and and then we can talk about some of those errors that we need to be avoiding.
1: Okay, yeah, I think that's really important because we all know how much time we have to invest in trying to create that job post and then publicize it and get people to apply for it and then do the interviews and it's exhausting it's very expensive. And so we really want to make sure we're hiring the right people, and it starts right from the beginning, make sure that your job posts speak truly to what you need in that job use words that people can understand and then apply into a question and into an answer so you can analyze your data because that's really what you're doing. You need to think of yourself as a business and this interview is a job business transaction. You are trying to hire the best investment. Um, The other piece that I found in HR was we put a lot of work into creating the interview questions and creating the job post. But then we would get so frustrated because the people coming in the door didn't seem to know how to interview. They didn't understand how they needed to prepare. And I'm sure every listener out there knows exactly this feeling. You sit there as the panelist, you have, you've scheduled off all your time. You had 20 different interviews. And at the end, you're going, I don't know which one we should hire, because I feel like when we looked at the resumes and the applications, it didn't come across in the interviews. and now. We don't want to take a gamble with our investment, but we're not sure. So one of the things that um, I'm teaching organizations is set your people up for success. One, it's going to make your job a lot easier. So give them material. Give them things like some of the stuff that I'm going to talk about, how to prepare for their interview, because you're doing yourself a huge favor. You're setting them up. You're giving them what they can expect don't hide things help them. I'll tell you, it really will market your company as being very inclusive. People look at it very, very well. And in the end, your candidates will give you a better product. So you have data actually to analyze. So I think that would be my biggest tip to um, organizations right off the hop, do a little bit of work, give them just put some resources on your website. And then you get to test them too. Do they actually read the website? Did they actually study anything? Because if they didn't, well, that tells you a little about their character too.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. And they're, to a point, you're trying to test them, right? As you mm-hmm. just said. But if it's completely disconnected from anything they can possibly prepare for, then what are you actually testing? Uh, and, and what I see so often on the organization side with, with interviewing is this kind of, Casual approach to it, like they, they want flexibility, and they recognize it's a subjective process, so they want flexibility. They don't want to be locked into anything, and so the interviewer or the committee of people interviewing, um, they just want to be able to go with the flow, ask whatever questions they want to ask. Uh, all of that is really a recipe for failure. It's a recipe for asking questions that are illegal, <laughs> that are going to get you into trouble. Absolutely. But it's also just a recipe to your point earlier that you don't do you really actually know what you're actually looking for that you actually want and need and are you asking questions that fit that are going to give you the data that will help you understand how this this applicant fits into those needs and so often i have seen the the exact if you can convince people to have predetermined interview questions so they can stay consistent across applicants you, I, I will review those questions and I'll, I'll look at the job posting. I'm like, wait a minute. These don't even seem to uh, connect. So what do you really want? Is the job posting off? Are the interviews off? are both off? Like what's actually going on here? Let's make sure we get our ducks in a row, actually know what we want. If there's a hiring committee, make sure everyone's on the same page that everyone on the committee, you know, even though they have different perspectives, they're still going to know what the goal is and what they're, what the needs are of the organization hiring for this position. Let's make sure we do that work upfront. Not only will that help us as the, uh, on, the on the employer side do a better job Uh, of screening. But like you said, we're setting people up for success. So instead of them trying to like read our minds and figure out what is needed, they can put their best foot forward and demonstrate the skills, the competencies, the capabilities that are going to help them be successful in the job. That's what we want to know. And if we don't know those things, we're we're flying completely blind. And we're just, I mean, we might as well just be pulling a name out of a hat almost.
1: Yeah, and I think you touched on something that's really important, too, that for organizations, you really need to put some thought into who is it, what is what are the skills and the type of person that you're looking for for this position, because you might find that there's some very different answers. And I find sometimes that's why the questions people go astray with the questions, because they're looking for particular skills that maybe match their skills or people that they want to lead you in my book called it called knowing who you lead, I actually call it, do you want to hire a mini me?
0: Exactly. And da- yep. And
1: the dangers of that. And if we are really going to create unique, authentic, innovative organizations, we need to match the people to what we need, not as an organization, not what we need as a leader of who we want to lead. So I think there's a lot of value into matching the questions, like you said, to the job description, agreeing who it is, the type of person that we're trying to hire, and then moving from there. And sometimes that's work that needs to be done pre-interview, because then what happens is when you start marking it, people are looking for different things in the responses because of their own personal needs and biases potentially. And that can uh, cause a lot of confusion on a panel.
0: Yeah, it absolutely works.
1: And the other person, you know, marks them really low and you think what? So the other piece is to have very coherent scales that you're going to use for those answers. What are you looking for?
0: Yep. Yep. All of that. So important. And again, if you have, if it's a committee of people going through the interviewing process, you're going to have people with different perspectives and backgrounds, and they're going to see things differently. And that's good, you know, to, to have varying perspectives, But if people are completely off in terms of what they think the needs are of the position, then it, it's a recipe in just futility <laughs> because yeah. you're not actually going to, to really, I don't know, you're gonna, not going to accomplish much of anything that's meaningful. Um, so all of that super important on the organization side, on the front end, making sure you're doing all that in preparation before you ever get to the point of interviewing. Um, there's a reason why interviewing, there's been lots of studies on the efficacy of interviewing in the employee in the employee selection process and how effective it is. And it's not good. I mean, for the most part, um, the studies show consistently, it's, it's one of the worst possible ways to choose somebody for a job. Um, that's because most organizations and most hiring managers, most people doing the interviewing don't know what they're doing and they're not doing anything that we're talking about. (laughs) So if you want to improve things dramatically and increase your chances of getting the right person, uh, having, having those chances go through the roof, then start to do the things that we're talking about. None of it's rocket science. It's all very doable, but you have to be committed to it and you have to be disciplined to make sure that you're doing it. And that when the biases start to emerge and, and arise, either within yourself or on the team, that there's a mechanism to call it out and to address it um, head on so that you're not just tiptoeing around each other, uh, but you can actually make sure that we're not going down a path that just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Treat it as a business transaction, yep. do it data do your analytics have your conversations beforehand assess your team that you have now who are they and why do they function really well in these roles and then create your job profiles and your applications around that you just want to repeat it with a few tweaks into uh, what you need so you can create that great team synergy and organizational success
0: yeah. Excellent. Excellent. So now let's flip to the other side. Now we set up an applicant for the possibility of having a, su- a successful interview because we actually know what we want and we've communicated that. Okay. So now what does the interview, the interviewee need to be doing in preparation for that interview to make sure that they're putting their best foot forward?
1: Well, they need to prepare long before they get the phone call because the reality is they're probably going to get two or three days notice that they have an interview. And that's when everybody panics. And my whole piece working with clients and, you know, doing a lot of the resourcing that I'm doing is explaining that interviewing is a skill. You have to learn how to do it. You have to interview to the job that you're applying to. So you need to understand what that job is and you need to practice for success. The time is not to practice in the middle of the interview and just say, oh, well, you know, I can come up with an answer. No, no, because this is really you putting into practice all the stuff you put into that resume. And so I tell them, yes, it's a business transaction, but I want you to think this piece of paper, this resume, this application that you hand in to all these employers, how much did that cost you? How much was that education? How much was all that work experience, all that extra training you had to do? Maybe you had to do some volunteer work or internship that you didn't really get paid for. So literally, if you put a value on your resume, how much is it? And now you don't put any time, practice, or effort into the interview. It doesn't make any sense. Because guess what? And and you and I both know from an HR perspective, we got 500 of these resumes. We have a whole pile that look almost the same as yours does. They're not that different. You all screened in because you hit the key indicators we're looking for. How are you going to now bump yourself to the top of that pile that we hire you? Well, that's all going to be based on the interview, right or wrong. It's our 45 minute glimpse into who you are and you have got to be able to nail it. You have to give me the detail. You have to give me the proof. You have to give me the examples and you have to link it to the job that I want to hire you for so that I believe you are by far my best asset. You are the one I need to invest in and you're never going to be able to do that if you haven't practiced.
0: Right. So so preparation, obviously, practice makes perfect. Thinking through the types of questions you may be asked, actually literally sitting down with somebody to practice going through answers. And I don't care how experienced you are as being interviewed. If you've been through a thousand interviews, you still need to practice. And every interview is going to be different. Every organization is different. Just like you can't have one generic resume that you send out to every potential employer, you can't have canned responses to common interview questions that are going to be exactly the same for every person you interview with, right? Because they're going to be looking for different things. And so you have to understand who they are as an organization, what their needs are, what their values are, uh, what their team dynamics are to the best extent possible that you can ascertain that. And then Practice with the types of answers that are going to resonate with them. Put your best foot forward. If you truly believe that you have the competencies and capabilities to help them be successful and that this is a job that not only is going to, you know, you're a good fit for them, but they're going to be a good fit for you in your career, then put the time in to make sure that you can demonstrate that to them, uh, that you can uh, really help them to see it in you. Uh, and and that's something that I think so many people just don't do, even if they do all the traditional kind of preparation pieces, they don't think about it in terms of how am I going to respond specifically to this organization, perhaps even differently than I responded to the interview I had two days ago.
1: Well, and that's a good point because um, you don't know, you can't edit your own stuff. It's impossible. So I've definitely learned this in writing a book. I've, I've had it edited four times now because I can't see what other people see. I can't read what other people read. I can't figure out where there needs to be more detail. So as an interview coach, that's literally what I do for people. And sometimes that favorite example that they keep giving over and over in in their interviews, and then they can't understand why they always land second or they land third. Well, now when I hear the example, I'm able to edit it. I'm able to say, okay, I think I understand what you're saying, but you're actually talking more about leadership than you are teamwork. And that's a huge one that people make mix up. They talk about being the leader of the team. Well, that's not teamwork. That they're very different competencies. So people will be giving this. Well, I've been giving that example forever. Well, I know, but it was the wrong one. So like, but nobody told you, we can't debrief you on your answers after and say, that was great. This one wasn't. So you need to find somebody that can help you do that. The other really neat part is that I teach people how to really understand what the job's looking for. And then if you don't have examples or you can't think of something of how you've done it, go and talk to people that know you. It's gonna take time, but guess what? You might get the best example about problem solving that you hadn't even thought of because it's what somebody else has observed in you. Um, And I do this a lot too, like I let them talk on and on and on and giving me their answers, and then we end up using elements of it later on because I'll say can you, can you tell me more about that project you were talking about earlier, tell me how you did that, what skills did you use, how did you come up with that solution, etc, etc, and they start to generate examples they didn't even know they had.
0: We look forward to having you join us. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free, interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Having those those practice sessions are going to be really key, just so you can get comfortable articulating, you know, what you want to say, but also like you said, to flesh out ideas to perhaps get a different perspective, people, you know, and trust um, who you feel safe around, who can, you know, give you sometimes blunt feedback and really help you to maybe see the question from a different angle. Uh, I know that as I've coached people on interviewing, um, that's often one of the, the most useful outcomes for them, right? As they just run things by me uh, is, you know, just kind of pushing and prodding them a little bit so they can perhaps, uh, you know, approach the question slightly differently than what they had been thinking about previously, which unlocks a whole different set of examples or experiences that now they're ready to share, right?
1: Yeah. And it helps too, if um, people are trying to go for a job they've never done before. So that could be like a management position. You've always worked at this level in the organization and now you want to shoot for that promotion or you're trying to correlate Um, What you do now to a completely different job that takes some skill and it takes uh, we have to work on the imposter syndrome, the idea that I'm trying to speak of something I've never done and convince not only you but me that I can do it. And so that that confidence building, um, it takes some time and we have to work on it. it. It's fun. I mean, I love it and we have lots of fun, but I definitely start with candidates who are not feeling very confident or who've been pretty frustrated by other interview processes. So sometimes we have to work on that. Um, And then the other one is exactly what you were talking about earlier, John, where I can't predict what they're going to ask you. We can try, but they might throw you a question that's way out in left field. And they're doing that because you said you're innovative. You said you're analytical. You said you're a problem solver. So work your way through the question. You weren't expecting it. What are you going to do with it? The more you've practiced, the more you've done this really deep dive into yourself and how you can link yourself to this job, you will be able to answer that question. You'll be able to come up with something because you've really thought about it. But if you've only had 48 hours to memorize a few answers and a couple of examples, no, you're going to go blank. Guaranteed. We all do. It's just tunnel vision. and You can't even think. So I just don't know why people wouldn't want to set themselves up for success. It's, it's heartbreaking being that panelist and watching people not be successful and know how badly they wanted this job and how much they spent on that resume. So that's really why I started this job was because I I want to see people, you know, reach their potential, but I know the work they're going to have to do to, to get there.
0: As we're getting close to wrapping up today, I'm just wondering if there's any other key errors that you just see over and over and over again amongst, you know, people you coach um, or even in the interviews that you've conducted in the past um, that we can try to avoid.
1: 100% it's not giving enough detail. It's being way too generic and understanding what the job is. You need to link, you need to have a very in-depth understanding of what my job is you're applying for, what skills you offer to that job make the links for me, not my job as the panelist to try to make the links, and give me proof, give me examples. And you have to do it in a succinct way too, right, John, because we don't want to listen to a 25 minute answer where you've given us a whole bunch of stuff. And then you think somewhere in there is the answer. Nope, you've got five minutes to give me all of that in a nice, you know, wrapped up bow. So that takes practice. But that's definitely I would say the biggest place people lose marks. A, you have to understand how we mark, and b, you have to know how to get them.
0: Yeah, and again, it takes practice. and I have to admit i'm I'm one that I tend to be a little bit overly verbose. Mm-hmm. Uh, i I don't mind going into detail. Um details great, but you also have to read the room. <laughs> and you yeah. have you have to <laughs> be able to see like at what point people's eyes, are glazing over at nice. what point, you know, you, you have a sense of like how long you've been going on. Uh, one of the things that I think is really nice as the employer, as the interviewer, is to give, you know, you have these questions planned in advance and say you have a 30-minute interview scheduled and you have five questions. Tell them this is a 30-minute interview. You have five questions. That gives them the chance to pace themselves, um, to gauge how much detail you might want from a particular answer versus how much you know overall time they have and it's even okay to update them and say okay we, we just finished question three we're at 20 minutes we have 10 minutes left for the final two questions that's totally fine and that will give people the chance uh, to put their best foot forward
1: even better give them the questions give them the questions
0: yeah, why not right
1: I used to give them the questions five minutes for every question so if it's six questions I give you half an hour why? because my answers are a lot better. Now you're not gonna tell me all your skills, education, experience and everything in the first question because you wanna tell me all this stuff. If I gave you the questions, you know, oh, that's the answer to question three. So now you don't give me a whole bunch of stuff in question one I didn't need, which is what happens. And then I have to repeat it in question three. So it actually made the interviews a lot better. People could organize themselves and organize their thoughts. And it was easier as a panelist. So I say, give them, the, give them the questions and definitely put the questions in front of them. And in a Zoom interview, you can do it easily, just pop them up on the screen. It's very hard if you're testing the person's only their verbal working knowledge. 10% of us are verbal listeners, 10%. Most of us need to see it or do it in addition. So if I actually get to read the words of the question and refer back to it as I'm answer, answering the question, Then you're going to get the full answer. Otherwise, I'm supposed to retain everything you asked me and answer it. And then I forget an element. Well, because I didn't have the question. So I think there's a lot of ways that you can set people up and your interviews will be a lot better. And you will thank me (laughs) as panelists. I guarantee it. And as candidates, yeah, you just need to practice, really know what what you're interviewing for and work with somebody. Invest in yourself. It's absolutely worth it.
0: Well said, Carrie Lynn, it has just been a pleasure. I know the time I'm going to have to let you go here in just a minute, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you, find out more about your work, and then give us a final word on the topic for today.
1: For sure. So hashtag Carrie Lynn Hotson, all one word. That will help you find all of my YouTube videos. I've created a whole bunch of free resources for people to learn more about interviewing. Uh, and my website is www.jobinterviewcoach.ca. I've got an online course. I have an ebook. I have YouTube videos and I do one-on-one coaching and it's a lot of fun. And I learn more and more about every job out there and help people rock their interviews.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. I encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, find out more about what Carrie Lynn can do for you to rock that next interview. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe. They can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week.